dear friends, as we approach closer to Shavuos, we are now thinking about the sweetest honey night of Shavuos, where Yisrael has become to spend the entire night learning and then to daven nates, the minog is already brought by the Mogan of Ram as stemming from the Zohar HaKadosh. The Mogan of Ram then attempts to explain Al Pip Shuto in a fairly simple way, according to the Midrash. Not not in the, in the Zohar, not the way the Zohar necessarily explains it, but Magen um, tries to explain the Minhag, so we should have a little bit of an understanding for what's happening, what's going on over here, what we're doing. So he says, the Midrash says that the Jewish people overslept that morning the morning of Shavuos, Shavuos day, the day that we were meant to receive the Kabbalah Torah, and because of that, says the Mogan of Ram, now to repair that, to rectify that, now we stay up the whole night learning, so somehow that fixes it. So, trying to understand this a little bit, First, obviously, the thing to do is to go and take a look at the Midrash. The Midrash is a Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer. Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer is darshaning the Pesach, Vayotzi Moshe Esam, and Moshe brought out the people. Moshe brought out the people towards uh, Har Sinai to, for the Kabbalah Torah. Why do we need Moshe to bring us out? Why couldn't the come out by themselves? Says... Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer, Rebbe Eliezer, Hagadol, Rebbe Eliezer, Ben Churkinus, that the days of this period of the year, of Sivan, the days are very long, and the nights are very short, and therefore, unlike in the winter, where people have plenty of time to sleep at night to wake, to be able to wake up in time for uh, for nights. But in in these short nights, that's difficult to do, and that means that the the sleep in the early morning, after already sunrise, is very sweet. It's something that the person really wants to do. So. Klauser were sleeping at this time, and Moshe Rabbeinu came into the Machana Yisrael, and he was waking them up from their sleep, and he was saying to them, get up from your sleep, because the Chosun has arrived, and he's asking that his Kala, his bride, should be brought out to him, so he should be able to bring her into the chuppah, so he should be able to marry her under the chuppah, and in order to give you all, the Jewish people, the Torah. 
the time has come. Okay, that is that is the midrash. The just an observation that we can make is how could the Jewish people have managed to be sleeping late? I mean, like the midrash says, it's the the days are very long right now, and the nights are very short. Okay, so on a regular basis, perhaps so, perhaps so, people would sleep in, sleep past nights. But you're talking about Maimon Harsina, you're talking about the Jewish people have been, have been preparing for three days for Kabbalah Satora. And the, the whole, the whole situation there is, is, is unbelievable. They're, they're, and they're getting ready for Kabbalah Satora. Very difficult to understand how either because of fear or because of excitement, but you would expect that if anything it should be more difficult for them to sleep, to sleep in late that night, that, that morning. How, it just seems, uh, unless they were maybe trying to sleep, why would, why would they be oversleeping um, seemingly naturally, even without any righteousness, any very great deeds, they would they would have uh, they would have not been able to sleep the whole night maybe or certainly woke up very early from an anxiety from a from an excitement from an anticipation so maybe we can say that it is a known thing that if you're about to have a test I remember when I was when I was uh, about to take my MCATs, so you prepared for a long time, for months, preparing to take this very, very important test, and then, the night before, what do you do? You don't stay up the whole night cramming. There's too much information, well, an extra few hours of sleep of, of learning is not going to make any difference. Now what you have to do is you have to go to sleep to get a good night's rest so that you'll be fresh and, and energized and be able to do your best tomorrow. So maybe that was the shot. Maybe Klausrel felt that the, if we're meant to be learning the Torah, the thing to do is to go to sleep nice and early, get a good night's rest, and, uh, and and be able to come in there with a with an energy and a, be able to be able to receive the Torah. So, if that's the case, indeed, what was wrong with that? Why does that action need re- rectification? Why does it need to be fixed? Why was that a mistake? Orm Brochas and Aleph says that there's a difference between spirituality and physicality. When it comes to physical things, comes to things that we know in this world, so there's a principle that an empty vessel can contain more things, I meaning you could put more content into an empty vessel. The, the emptiness inside it is what allows for you to put more things into it. 
but a full vessel cannot accept anything more. Whereas when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to the divine, it's, it's exactly the opposite. That an empty vessel cannot contain, and a full vessel can contain. question is, what does that mean? So the Marshaw explains there that the difference between physical objects and spiritual objects is that the more the f- an object is physical, the more it has concrete and absolute sizes, dimensions, mass, and takes up space. And therefore, when there's already something there, you can't put anything else. And if you want to be able to put something in, so it has to be, has to be empty space in there to be able to put it in. Whereas, with spirituality, it works the other way around. With spirituality, just like a spiritual object, number one, doesn't take up any space. So, there's no conflict to be able to put multiple in there, because it's not going into any particular space. But more than that, the more spiritual this space is, the more... It transcends boundaries. I mean, there's gradations of spirituality. The, if something has only a little bit of Torah in it, something has only a little bit of spirituality in it, so it only a little bit manages to be non-bound by the, the physical dimensions. But the more it contains, the more, the, the, more, the more these boundaries open up and unravel and allow for many even concepts to exist in the same place. I mean, we could talk about it. If I have a... Let, let's say... We're not talking about physical objects anymore. Let's, talk about, let's say we're talking about ideas. But nonetheless, I can have ideas which are concrete, which are very much formed, and maybe expressing some, something that we have in our world, something solid, something, something very rigid and explicit. And then those concepts are going to be uh, non-combinable. You know, if I have a, a, I have a blueprint for a bridge, a concept of a bridge, and I have a concept of a car, they're not combinable. There's no... The, 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 the two of them are... are um, cannot take up the same conceptual space. Whereas, if we're talking about um, something more abstract, let's say transportation... Um, the, uh, uh, movement. So then, bridge and car can both uh, uh, fit into that. Meaning, it, it, once I go more more abstract and I talk about movement or transportation, so then all these different things can can be in there, and and there's there's no there's no conflict anymore. And the more spiritual, the more abstract you go, the less explicit form there is, the less explicit boundary there is. And therefore, the things can more and more coexist and, so to speak, fit into one place. Now, Klauserl, we're going right now through a transition. Through a transition from a life of physicality, of being a Vodum. Of, of living like Goyim, of living under Mitzrayim, and understanding things the way that the Egyptians understood it, to a life of spirituality, which 
where things work differently. And like we said, um, by things that we know in this world, on the contrary, the, the, the boundaries, the limitations, the definition of each thing excludes everything else. That's what a definition is. If you think about a definition, when you say define this for me, so first of all, if you tell me define in the physical sense with a pencil and paper to define a series of points. I have a bunch of dots on a, on a piece of paper. I say define these dots. It means draw a shape around these dots that will contain all of them but exclude that which is not them. Right? So that's what it means to define. Define means to contain, encircle, and exclude. Right? And that's what a definition is. A definition on the one hand tells you what the thing is, and on the other hand tells you what the thing is not. So definitions, the more definitional something is, the more exclusive it is of other things. That's with physical things. But with spiritual things, really what you're getting at is you're getting into... At the end of the day, everything is an expression of Hashem's Ratzim. Everything is... When we're learning the Torah Hakadoshim, when we're learning the Ratzon Hashem, we're learning the, the will of Hashem. So then, in everything, instead of asking the how, how is this thing so? Because the how, how do things work? Everything works differently. How is it defined? Well, it's defined differently from something else. When you start talking about the whys, when you start t- talking about the internality, the premiums, the the deep reasons behind things then you start to connect, oh, the why of everything ties back to be the same thing ultimately, which is the Ratzon Hashem. And so the more of the Ratzon Hashem that I have inside of me, the more Torah I know already, the more I naturally can connect to the new Torah idea, because the both of them share their same internality. They're coming from the same source. It's all expressions of the same Ratzon. So the, when one is learning a physical world, an external world, a world of how, a world of, of boundaries and definitions and limitations, then each object pushes out the other one, is opposed by the other one, and then the limit uh, of how much space there is will say that a kli mole ain't a machzik. Once it's full, it cannot receive any more. Just like in the physical sense, I cannot put any more objects into this room because the outer boundaries and the outer limitations of each object push out the other object, don't allow for, for me to bring in any more. So too into my head. When I have this in my head and I have that in my head and I have another thing in my head and they're all separate, they're all broken apart pieces, they're all splintered, so then there's just more and more eggs to juggle, it's more and more information to contain. But if I can find the internality, I can find the Tzad HaShavah name, I can find that Nekuda causes that internal point where they're all united, and in each one of them, I'm finding it more and more. On the contrary, each one helps me to hold on to the other one because they're all expressions of the same point in the middle. And so the more of these outer dots that I have, the more I have a better grasp on everything else until I have them, a clear reiki no maxic, an empty vessel cannot contain. Once I have some, I can take in more, and once I have more, I can take in even more.
because I can relate to more and more spirituality. I have what to grab onto. So Klausrel here, perhaps we can say, not sure if that's what the Midrash means. Certainly a lesson to be learned that if Klausrel, if the point is that Klausrel managed to go to sleep because they on purpose did, because they figured from everything they know, from everything they've learned, they need to get a good night's sleep, you need to wake up on, on an empty head, on a well-rested, reset, recharged, blank slate, so you could learn the Torah from Hashem, the answer was no. The other way around, you should have stayed up the whole night learning as much as you can in preparation, so you should be able to internalize this. That is perhaps what we can say, their drush, their tzachus, maybe, not sure. But I did want to spend a few minutes discussing the reason that the Zohar itself gives for why Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai and his group of Bnei Aliyah, why they stay up the whole night learning and see if we can understand it a little bit with the Arcano on our level and maybe we can try to follow in their footsteps. The Zohar says the Rishim Bar Yochai and his Talmudim were doing this so they can do what the Midrash says. Midrash says, Midrash Rebbe Eliezer, seemingly working very nicely with the Zohar, because the Midrash said, the Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Jewish people, the Chosna is here, wake up, the Chosna is here, and he's asking that the Kala should be brought to him, so that he can marry her, and give you the Torah. So it's very strange. The If we understand that the Kala is the Jewish people themselves, which is what the Mephorshim and the Midrash and the Rebbe do say, a number of the Mephorshim do say this, well, that is a standard understanding. And when we're... But Hashem will come back to this understanding. But right now, if we understand it simply, it means the Jewish people themselves. So what does it mean that Hashem is saying to them, the chasm, Hashem is the chasm, He's here. And Moshe Rabbi is saying, the chasm is here. He's, he's knocking on the door. He's waiting. He's saying, uh, He's asking that the kala, the bride, should be brought to Him. So He can marry her and give you the Torah. Who is meant to bring this kala? If the kala is close on themselves. It seems... The Klausel are meant to bring the Kala. And, but, 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 where, but what is the Kala? Who is the Kala? So, we'll see how it really does work with the Mepharshim. But in the Zohar, the understanding is that the Kala is the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah means the Divine Presence which is, seems strange at first, because the Divine Presence 
is divine. It's a certain uh, manifestation of Hashem, seemingly. So, why is Hashem asking that the Shekhinah should be brought to him so he should be able to marry her and give us the Torah? That's a question. Nonetheless, the Zohar continues and says that therefore the Rabbi Shimon and his group of Bnei Aliyah learned and uh, the Torah the whole night, and by doing so, they were they were helping to decorate the kala. They were helping to the kala, the bride, to beautify herself with tachshitim, with with beautiful jewels, like the. Rashi brings on Chumash that there are 24 um, pieces of jewelry that a Kala can wear corresponding to the 24 books of the, of the Tanakh. So their learning was decorating the Kala, the Shechina, with the Torah. So again, we want to understand, number one, how are Kalal Israel here acting as the Shushvinen, as the um, bride's accompaniment, the bride's um, entourage, that they're dec- and they're decorating her the whole night, and they're bringing her to the Chasson, who is Hashem, so... What does it mean? Is the Shechina? What does it mean that she's decorated through our learning? That's a question that we want to understand over here. So first of all, we have to take a look in the Das Tvunus, where the Ramchal, in a number of different places, you, um, makes it pretty clear that Vina, although it's um, translated as Divine Presence, but... That's not literal because the divine presence is not some sort of cloud or some sort of a mist. Divine presence means a manifestation of the covet of Hashem. It's a manifestation of the honor of Hashem. That in this world you can have a state where the Creator is honored. That the people walk around with a sense of reverence or with a sense of appreciation who their maker is, and uh, and how they have to relate to him. That's that's the Shekhinah. The, the Shekhinah, that's why when there was a base of Migdish, it was a place for the Hashosa Shekhinah, it was a place where there was a Shekhinah, because it was a place where a per- person could feel clearly, it was palpable, the, divi- the, the, the honor of the king. You saw, you saw his palace, you saw the, the ongoing miracles over there. That itself was the was the Shekhinah. So, so what does it mean now for the Shekhinah to be married to the Chassan? To the Chassan means that Hashem, the Shem Yud, Hey, and then Vav Hey, the, the, the essential name, that's, that's the Chassan. That's the fundamental manifestation of Hashem, what does it mean that that is going to connect to the Shekhinah? 
that means that when the Creator Himself is 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 connected, I mean, you could have a world where, so to speak, Hashem is not manifest, but everybody, um, everyone honors this very loft, very very far away, very detached, disconnected um, being. Everyone is very very careful, even though, so to speak, he's not. He's very, very far away, um, maybe not very involved in a direct sense, but nonetheless, everyone, uh, everyone is very much uh, aware, and and, uh, and there's a there's a uh, there's a covered to him. But uh, that that would be in a state of divorce. But if there is such a covered, then that actually draws the chasen a kala. A shina, the a place, a world where people are ready to honor the Creator. That's a place where the Creator feels welcome. Like the midrash says that with every generation of rishoyim, the shina went away higher and higher and higher. Left the world, meaning they chased out the shina. They they made it that there was no honor kiviyachol in the world to to Hashem. And then every tzaddik they came back, the sabdikin they came back, they brought more and more honor into the world, more and more honor for Hashem into the world. Each one in his own unique way. That's so so that's the chasan, that's the kala, and that's a perfect analogy because the chasan is made complete through the kala. He's uh, the 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 bride is called the kala because she is finishes off the chasan. Lechalot mashu, lechalos means with a chaf means to finish off, uh, or like a kli that she's machzik, she contains him, meaning she gives him a place to be in this world. So that's it's a completion. That that uh, what what is the one thing? What could be? Of course, kaviyachol. We're not talking about the essential, the fundamental atzmusu um, borach, but the manifestation of the shem avaya, the the revelation of Hashem, the essential revelation of Hashem. What's the only thing it was lacking? It was lacking the recognition, the recognition of down here of the, of the nevroim, the cover that it should have, that they should be to to the essential um, name of the UK and Vavke. So that is the that's the kala. So now, what is it shaykh to decorate her? What does it mean to decorate her with jewels to bedeck her with the twenty four books? It means as Klausel are involved in the Torah. We're learning the Torah. What we're saying is, we want you. We want your kingship. We want your rulership. We want. We want to know you. We want to. Know, we want to see your honor manifest in this world. And as a person is involved in the Torah and learning, and with 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 a simcha, and with and with chedushim, and with with a with a deep connection to it. So then, what you what you're doing is you're showing. You're saying. That yes, indeed, there's honor here. There's lots of honor. We're rectifying the manifestation of the Shina. We're giving the greatest boost we can give to the manifestation of the divine honor in the world is through the learning of the Torah of the Creator Himself. Meaning, and that's and that's why when the Hashem says, "Bring the Kala, and I'll give you the Torah," meaning the Torah is that that will, that manifestation of the Rotson of Hashem that He gave to us, and when we keep it, when we learn it. That is what elevates the divine honor in the world. 
that's and, and that's our job, and that's also why it's also yes appropriate to refer to the Shechina is also known as Knesset Israel, the gathering of the Jewish people, because the, truly the essential honor of Hashem in this entire world is only through the Jewish people, and not only through like meaning that we do it, but through meaning really. In the culmination, when you take all the honor that every single one of us gives to the divine name, that we express it, that we make it become alive and real, the the uh, the honor in our lives, that is the Shekhinah. That, and that's why it says, V'shochanti b'sochem. When Hashem talks about the divine presence coming down, dwelling in the world, the, all the, and you sform, others say, the Medayek, it says, V'shechanti b'sochem. It should have said, V'shechanti b'socho. I will dwell in the Mishkan. It says, V'shechanti b'sochem. Because I will dwell inside of your hearts. Because the place where we honor Hashem, which is in our heart, the place where we acknowledge Him as the Creator and honor Him, that's really what makes the, the Divine Presence be manifest in this world. So that's why, so that's why it, it does work with the Mephoshim and the Midrash that say, that this, is, that this is the Jewish people, this is, but they don't say this is the Jewish people, it's, it's the culmination of the Jewish people, it's Knesset Yisrael, it, which means it's the Shekinah, which means it's the divine honor in the world, that's what Hashem is looking for, and who is it that can decorate that in the most beautiful way, who is it that can elevate the divine presence, the divine honor in this world in the greatest way possible, that's the, that's the, that's the Talmud HaChachavim, that's the Tzadikim, that's the Bnei Aliyah, that sit and learn, that learn is rotten and say, express, say loud that we want your honor in our lives. We want your, we want the manifestation of this honor, which means we, that's why we're learning your Torah, because that's your rotten. Whatever is your rotten, that's what we want. Whatever you, you, you desire, that's what we want here. So, according according to that, the the job is to prepare ourselves. We're not just preparing ourselves; preparing the entire world through the learning of the Torah throughout the night. We're preparing the entire world because we're saying, until now, the honor of Hashem stands lacking in the world. There's, there's not enough of it. So I'm going to spend the whole night beautifying it, elevating it, making it, making it uh, fit for a king to want to come down and say, oh, this is a place where I could be. This, this is a place where, where, where my honor is truly manifest. I can, the, the Creator, the shame, Yud, K Vav, K can connect to the honor they will be here making making a unification, making the shame Hashem Sholem giving, so to speak, a shlemus to Hashem. The Maral explains the only shlemus you can give to someone who's perfect, the only thing you can give to someone who's not lacking anything by when he's by himself, the only thing that anyone else could give him is honor, because honor is by definition something that is given from someone else. So no matter how perfect anyone is they, the one thing they cannot have is honor. Honor is something that must be given by someone else. That's the only thing, and, th- and therefore that's the only thing we can do. It's the only thing we can give to Hashem. And that's the cow, that's the, so to speak, Kivyachal, what gives Hashem a completion. And it's our job to try to prepare that as much as possible. Throughout the night, like, like we're preparing a cow, and then when we bring, we, the, the Shushvinim, the 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 wedding party we accompany the kala we make, we, we, we make a hachnosas kala we bring the kala into the chuppah means we bring our entire world 
we bring everything to Hashem, and we say, this is a good place for you, this is, this is a wor- worthy place for you to dwell, he says, wonderful, and gives us the Torah, which of course then is the, we're using the Torah to do this, because the Torah is the revelation of Hashem's desire, and even if before it's given, the world is already fit for it. So of course you should give more of it. We know what you're going to want, so we're working on it already. So how much more so that you should give it to us, which is what Klausel did back in Harsina. He said, Nasa Vanishma. He said, whatever you, whatever you say, that's what we're going to do. It means we're accepting the Ratzon Hashem before it's been given. So to on this night, so to speak, we're, we're involved in the Ratzon Hashem before it's yet been given to demonstrate how what a perfect vessel this world would be for a greater manifestation for the divine Rotson, if Bezal Hashem will be Zoha to such a Matana.